position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Welcome to episode number 279 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this happy leap day, uh, Saturday, the 29th of February at 2103 uh, p.m. Pacific Coast time, left coast, coast with the most. Crack engineer Ivor Molino holding over there, holding up the whiskey sign. He's in the booth. What? Oh, that's not the whiskey sign, was it? Oh, yeah. Happy leap day to you, too, Ivor. Yeah, you're fired. Motherfucker. Means you're fired for another four fucking years. Ha! Suck on that. You are a little boy of only five and a little bit over. Cheers. That's a good idea, though. The whiskey sign. Mmm. Mmm. All right. And that would, of course, make it for our sequel friends. 2020-02-29 at 2105. 4 p.m. Pacific Coast time. Yeah, I love Coast Coast for the most. Not around 9 o'clock at night. On Leap Day, Saturday. Uh, we have a huge show for you this week. We ha- I mean, we have a lot of shit to cover. Uh, so we'll get straight to our top stories. I'm going to go straight via the rundown that Ivor himself provided to me before he was fired! Oh, boy. First of all, um, 
the coronavirus is kind of a running theme for this week's show, even though we do live in the toy aisle as the schmooze Steve Summers and WFAN, which is now not called WFAN, would say, he would say, you know, major national events happen, but this show is devoted to the toy aisle. We don't have to focus on the major national events of import of the day, etc. But, and while this has been, you know, pretty much our, I try to stick closely to that. I try to hew closely to that um, motto, that dictum, that editorial purview uh, perspective for this show, but the coronavirus is very serious. Um, Especially due to the leadership that we, I mean, for people living, you know, in Nevada or California or Washington or anywhere pretty much on the surface of a planet called Earth, um, and so our, our our focus this week is going to be on that, but that will be later in our feature. Um, partially the reason why we're going to be talking about coronavirus this week is that yesterday, uh, the BBC. Uh, many thank yous go out to uh, Mister Friend of the Show Jeffy Jeffy Wise uh, for popping me a link two days ago at the that um, China has banned our game that we're, we're going to be talking about this week um, from sale in any app store that runs across the Chinese internet network and then I saw it again on the BBC yesterday um, and I have a link to that in the show blurb our game this week is Plague Inc. Evolved and it, we're going to We'll get there in a moment, but for those of the rest of the world who do not, for the, for those of us who wish to bury our heads in the sand, or whatever, or who still think it's too early to, you know, blah, 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 which it, it is very early days, um, but it's a very serious thing. We have a full rest of the show prior to, including we have a new and noteworthy that is just offensive beyond all belief. It's gonna, people will be people will be leaping from windows and rooftops by just to escape the sound of this podcast before we're done. Now, we're going to keep it to about 45 minutes this week. Famous last words. A-I-Vor? Yeah. Alright, so also in our top stories, I beat Far Cry 5 this week. This week was before coronavirus blew up, I was going to spend this whole week's episode talking about Far Cry 5 and Far Cry 5 New Dawn I but because of the coronavirus and because of Plague Inc. getting banned in China and because of the unique um, features of Plague Inc. I've bumped the Far Cry 5 content from this week's show choosing instead hopefully to adding it to the end of next week's show so next week's show will really be two shows the front half of the show will be spoiler free talking about you know whatever top stories there are and whatever gaming considerations that there are and other things and maybe new and noteworthy maybe some deals and then the last 30 minutes of the show will be spoiler ridden because and this week's show will not be spoiler ridden at all there will be no spoilers um, in terms of Far Cry but I beat Far Cry 5 and I hated absolutely hated the ending 
I mean, I really hated the ending. Um, and I need to talk about the ending in a way that is intelligible to people who've played it, but I don't want to ruin the ending for people who haven't because I loved the game. 80 hours of that game were fantastic. The last 45 minutes were absolutely fucking nasty trash. Um, and we'll get into those details next week. I've also started playing Far Cry New Dawn, which I am pleased to report that uh, well, we'll talk about those things next, but then we'll come back to New Dawn. Before we get to there, though, Wilson, um, Lords of Destruction or whatever the fuck it's called, yeah, Lords of Mayhem, which is 40 bucks still, has undergone since last week's show where we pointed out that we will not be playing it because I find the uh, giant um, weird deformed eggheads to be such a disruption that I can't focus on the game. It's just it, it's very rare that a that uh, a visual artifact is so pronounced, persistent, pernicious, and um, pervasive in a game that it makes that the visual artifact itself makes the game unplayable. But they they pushed out a bunch of updates this week, none of which have fixed this problem. I have been very busy, but when I'm done recording this episode, I will be pinging the developer directly because it has to be a simple fix. It has to be just a shader that is going insane. I think it's a deform that's going insane, actually. But Wilson is still broken in spite of all of these updates uh, that, that, that they pushed. They pushed at least three this week. Um, speaking of updates, the new 5.2 release of Glorious A Girl's Pro- Fork of Proton, uh, Proton GE 5.2, um, has a lot more, has a lot of uh, improvements for, specifically for Metro Exodus, but a lot of across the board improvements. Um, they're trying to, you know, it's a race condition between them and the uh, <coughs> official Proton branch. Um, but, you know, the good stuff that they can, uh, that they can do goes back down to downstream or upstream. I can't, I, it's hard to figure because. Anyway, to the official Proton. Um, but it specifically, and Boldy Locker should be excited about this. Um, this was three days ago that they pushed out the that Glory Sager will push out his latest edition of his fork. It has even more DXVK improvements for Metro Exodus, which already runs really well. It runs much better than Far Cry 5, which I've had some problems with in terms of performance, but uh, it runs better than even Far Cry New Dawn, which I've had less performance problems with. Now, finally, in our updates of stuff that might be relevant to you, if you run an NVIDIA card like we do, we, we run an NVIDIA 1080 Ti on Mint 19.3, um, one of the pernicious problems, again, that that's the second time I've used that word in this week's episode, so I must die. Ivor is holding up the whiskey sign and handing me a pistol. Don't worry, Ivor, I'll use this only on you when you fully turn into zombie Ivor. Mm. Thank you for the pistol, though. Oh, it's loaded, too. Well, you could hurt somebody with this. Mm, maybe even kill somebody. And you not meaning it, either. 
How about a nice jar broiled hamburger sandwich with a French fried potato garnish? All right, more whiskey. Mm. Last week we talked a little bit, probably too extensively, about how, excuse me, whoa, reliant we are on OBS um, here in the Fortress of Darkness in Las Vegas um, for doing our Twitch streams, and as I imagine everyone who runs Linux is reliant entirely on OBS. Uh, We used to do um, YouTube recordings of gameplay but it was a fucking hacked, you know, blah. We used Voco screen and cheese to have our mug box. But we had no nothing as sophisticated as OBS. And when once OBS came to Linux, it was a big deal. It still is a big deal. It's the biggest deal. Um, because streaming is the biggest thing. And trust me, as coronavirus goes further and further out of control, social interaction will be increasingly limited. <laughs> but anyway, those of you within the sound of my voice who run OBS and run an NVIDIA card, a modern NVIDIA card, may have experienced a problem that I've had that's held me back from getting to the 440 uh, driver update for your NVIDIA card. Um, And that is OBS, if you have an NVIDIA card, you should be able to use NVENC to really optimize the living fuck out of the video for your streams. Um, that and H.264 are two of the biggest, uh, most important uh, advancements in technology for live streaming over the last couple, you know, however many years. Unfortunately, OBS, the stock OBS that comes with, you know, either via PPA, if you're on a Ubuntu or Debian-based system or whatever, for some reason, it will freak out, it, well it has been freaking out, it had been freaking out until this week uh, when you try to switch from 335, 335 is the one that I has been rock solid for me for a long time now, for a bunch of months, I want to say like maybe 3 or 4 or 5 months but I haven't been able to use all the um, actual uh, capabilities of my video card inside of the games because it's using an older driver. It's not that big of a difference. With Far Cry New Dawn, though, I found that once I got to a certain part in the game, that it would just hard freeze and crash my entire system. Luckily, this is where, you know, Manos, the hands of fate, hands, the hands of fate, uh, interceded with that weird OBS sound problem that I experienced going back, I guess, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, maybe a month ago, um, somewhere in that range that forced me into uh, first going to the flat pack version of it, at which um, friend of the show, uh, BPR, Blaster PR, uh, also experienced the same problem, so it was pretty much just, we ultimately, both of us, I started with Flatpak, and Flatpak worked fine. I reverse engineered our our uh, audio filters in Flatpak, but then I did it again, and I did it with Snap. There's no difference, really, between Flatpak and Snap, except that Snap is has easier integration um, with apt, you know, Debian-based package management, but you should be able to run Snap or Flatpak interchangeably. Blah. But what this got us was the 24.0.6 um, 
version of OBS, which ostensibly should only be available for Macintosh, but who knows. Um, I don't keep track of Macintosh because there's not really much worthy of keeping track of there, um, especially in terms of gaming. There's nothing. It is a vast wasteland. Mm. So, to get to the point here, um, the 24.0.6 I don't know why these people I'm waiting on a uh, food delivery order but they're torturing me with all these unnecessary messages 24.0.6 which is not available in your standard repos if you run a Debian based system but it is available via Snap or Flatpak um, allowed me to get NVNC to, to, to upgrade to uh, NVIDIA 440 for the driver finally shedding the 335 um, along with retaining that essential high definition NVNC which is like their inline encoding um, it's proprietary to NVIDIA um and integrates great with OBS. It's it's very essential. Like, I mean, I'd say it's absolutely essential. Because the quality that you can get, that you can live stream without any lag, etc, 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 etc. So all of those pieces finally came together this week for me. Um, and then I live streamed some piano last night, which uses an entirely different camera setup from my webcam and everything, and a different mic setup runs through a mixer, and etc, etc, etc and I've gotten favorable feedback from that, so if you've been prolonging updating to NVIDIA 440, and you run a Debian system, and you know, like, a, if you're like me, you have a 1080 Ti that is underutilized now you can actually use all those features, and it made Far Cry New Dawn run absolutely fine. It runs better than ever, but there are some weird um god damn it. This fucking, fu- I'm sorry about this, so unprofessional, but I can't turn off notifications because they're not going to be able to get to my gate otherwise. Yes. So, there you go. Far Cry New Dawn runs great with NVIDIA 440. Um, especially using Glorious Egg Roll's new Proton 5.2 scaled with the real official Proton 5.2 which I don't know if they've abandoned minor version numbers or what, but it is hard as fuck to figure out what Valve is doing with each edition of Proton. I gotta look up their versioning system because it's weird. It's really weird. Like There's just like a major version every year, every nine months every six months, every three months there's like no so none of the hot fixes that they apply to the main branch ever get a minor version, I, I don't know I don't know, not an official minor, minor version number from what I've seen I like I said, I'm going off of the rundown that Ivor prepared Ivor, you're fired up oh, more whiskey so Far Cry New Dawn is fantastic uh, but I can't really talk about it until the spoiler-filled episode of next week, which will be half spoiler-filled and half not spoiler-filled. Speaking of not spoiler-filled, 
Ivor based him with it. We have one new and noteworthy. I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So that brings us to our new and noteworthy this week, which is an incredibly offensive game. And this is amazing coming from me, the man who exhorts the, uh, uh well, not exhorts, um, who so vociferously, uh, I don't know if advocates the right word, but I have no problem with games that are porn games. I just don't. Like, generally, I like them. If they're good games, I like them even more! Um, if they're really good games, like, uh, uh, I worry you didn't fucking put your fired! More whiskey. Um, like, uh, Honeycam Studio is a great game. And it's hilarious. And it's not really a porn game. It, there's like some mildly suggestive anime in there, but no hardcore hentai. Anyway, I give you, ladies and gentlemen, oh shit, Ivor, you didn't write down the... Uh, I give you the latest in, and quite possibly the most offensive, um, at least personally to me, it just strikes me as so offensive. Uh advancement in uh, objectifying women as not even so much sexual vessels but as vessels for baby making which is like a real GOP kind of fucking insane you know in America at least like this is how we talk about this shit I give you Hazumi and the Pregnation which, like I mentioned, horrific obje- objectification of women in his baby-making vessels. Um, it's especially ominous considering that in their description, they, in- they specifically cite... Well, here, I'll read it to you. Now that Steam's open and Ivor is fired. Ivor, kick that chair out from underneath you, buddy. Noose doesn't work otherwise. Kick it. Just give it a kick. You're a zombie anyway. You're not gonna fucking die. Hazumi and the Pregnation the Preg Nation which is like some sort of weird ingrich okay so the gravid game Hazumi and the Preg Nation makes its steam debut prostitution pregnancy and birth let's increase the world's population okay this is bad on so many levels and yes I have to tell you this because this is what I told Jeff Jeffy Wise when he said, oh, you have to buy that game, I was like, yes, but I also have to return it, because I can't, I am not comfortable. Oh my god! The developers describe the content like this. Now, some of this I am actually okay with. It depends. But this is a very complicated fucked up era. And I thought in a day that we're going to spend the rest of the day talking about death and total annihilation, and we might have some, you know, happy kind of thing, but no, I give you happy thing wrapped in the form of absolute darkness. Developers describe the content like this. This game contains graphic sex, non-consensual sex, adult language, full nudity, pregnancy, as if that's like a terrible thing, depictions of childbirth, Okay, we've all seen the Nova specials. In fact, all of us were there at one point. If you're in, within the sound of my voice, 
It reminds me of high school. I used to. <laughs> I used to sign people's high school yearbooks with, you know, love sitting behind you in math class or whatever, you know, blah. But all that was written in super small micron. Um, like you could barely read it. Like you needed like a magnifying glass. And then underneath that, like in big fucking Sharpie, I write, Your mother's vagina, where you came from, and where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> I hated you. That's what you got. Um, depictions of childbirth, drug use, abortion, and prostitution. All depictions of genitals are censored with mosaic pattern. This typical anime hentai hentai fucking, yeah, whatever. Which, whatever. Uh, so, it's a pregnancy, pregnancy dating rape prostitution simulator where you control the life of Hazumi, who's a very attractive, pink-haired little girl with um, gigantic tits, and uh, you shepherd her through her life, etc. So anyway, so Jeff, Jeff, you was like, you have to buy that. And I'm like, yeah, I do have to buy it, but I also have to return it. I'm not comfortable. Well, I don't mind like Sex and Gun 2, which is like the combination of two of the most horrific things in the world like in parallel with flawed execution and a hilarious just it's the development diary I mean I need to make a documentary about that fucking game when it's done because it is brilliant and I need to start interviewing that guy but anyway if you haven't looked at the videos for that game Sex and Gun 2 VR on the Steam store go back a couple of episodes, I think about two months ago, we did a whole episode on it, and I demand that you go and look at the videos on that Steam Store page. Because I can't stream them, I can't post them, I can't show them, I can't link to them. They're so fucked up. But anyway, Azumi uh, looks like, like that. All characters depicted are age 18 years or older, like I give a fuck at this point. You know what I mean? Um. So yeah, there's like it's redolent with hypocrisy, and so I would have to return it after playing it. But I I will play it, and then I will return it because I'm not comfortable with my money going. The prostitution aspect of it actually, I think, is kind of the deal breaker for me. It's weird. I've I spent a lot of time thinking about this. Um, since I I discovered Hizumi like three or four days ago or whatever, I was like, oh my god, what have they done? Uh, and it's it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of really not funny. Um, and it's also kind of really, uh, at least in America, touches on a lot of uh, sensitive. Uh, well, no pun intended. A lot of sensitive uh, flashpoints and you know blah blah in terms of political discourse. Many of which are just fucking lies and bullshit designed to take away women's right to choose, in my opinion. And it's actually not in my opinion. It's just a fucking fact. Um, but we spend a lot of time listening to lies and absorbing lies out here in America these days. Oh, wait, who's been doing that for the last 35 years? Oh, the GOP has been doing that for the last 35 years. The shills for the oil companies, the tobacco, big tobacco, big pharma. Fuck you. Anyway. Yeah, that... So, yeah, it's ironic that considering my general affinity 
general affinity for porn and sex games, but this is the first one that's like actually too crazy for me. It actually crosses lines for me that are like immoral and wrong. And believe me, I have expansive, expansive as as pirates of the 17th century would have said on the Spanish main, she's a lady of expansive sensibilities. I am a gentleman of expansive sensibilities when it comes to cracking Jenny's teacup. Oh god, I am a perverse motherfucker. But this is like this is this is, this is fucked up. Like, oh, we're gonna turn out this chick to make her into a baby maker. It's fucked up. Mm. Hence the more whiskey. So that's Hazumi and the Pregnation, which is eleven dollars and ninety-nine cents. If you uh, wish to experience let's see what the reviews say oh my god fully playable prostitution action okay that's interesting most sexual encounters are fully interactive players may select from a variety of techniques and have complete control of every action satisfy your partner for a bigger pay I don't know anyway grow as a person comprehensive pregnancy mechanic Detailed menstrual cycle. Play at your own pace. Jesus. I don't know. Maybe I'll have a more caveman-like perspective on this, but it just seems like the most grotesque, literal, complete uh, objectification of women that I may have ever seen in a video game. We'll see. I will find out and I will do it all for you. That brings us to this week's feature. Baste them with an Ivor. Hit them with this shit. Who do you think? Oh, my God. It's Bolivians. Bolivians! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. Bolivians! So, our feature this week is we're calling it uh, Greenland and Madagascar Plague Inc. Evolved. Um, Because we've already reviewed Plague Inc. Evolved, I think, uh, on this show. But It's all been overtaken by current events with the coronavirus. The reason I say this is that Plague Inc. is as much an educational piece of software, really, as it is a frighteningly realistic, full-blown balls-out simulator. But then again, on top of those two things, it's also a horror game, and it's also as much comedy as it is strategy as it is all of the other elements it's a really brilliant game and I spent most of my time playing it on the iPad uh, this is like ooh, the year it came out, I want to say 2016 um, it's an older game but it's not one that's going out of style as current events indicate a lot of what I know about infectious diseases and handling of outbreaks comes from the original Ebola outbreak 
and uh, the subsequent uh, book documenting the original uh, Ebola outbreak went, went from Ebola rest into, you know, blah, 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 um, to the highly contagious, you know, bleed out, gut bag, fucking horror of Africa. This is, uh, I want to say, what was that called? Was it called Hot Zone? I think it was called Hot Zone. I don't know if they made a movie about that about that book, but anyway, the rest of it, and that book is a great book, it's a great read, and everyone should read it, and that's why I'm actually that's why I am focusing this week's episode on Plague Inc. Evolved especially after China banned it from their app stores, their virtual app stores because they have, like, lockdown controls over their entire internet you cannot buy or play Plague Inc. in China now ostensibly to tamp down panic over the coronavirus, but my point is that from an educational standpoint, now yes, this game does start off with the regular disease types. You can start off as a bacteria, a virus, you can uh, uh, a prion, you can start off as a, a literally a disease that is interior to the blood-brain barrier. Um, but then it does have other shit that, like, on the iPad, I had to pay for. Like, um, you can do vampirism, you can do, uh, you know, anything could be considered a disease. Planet of the Apes, it was the last one that I played, um, where you have to manage the total destruction of human-based civilization with, uh, human to ape mutations etc Plague Inc. at its core though is a very sophisticated simulator of infectious disease behavior and this is stuff that I go back like five years with actually before I played Plague Inc. I, I was working on a game myself it wasn't necessarily a game it spiraled out of control in my imagination and my notes over the intervening years um but it's really a clone of this one guy's java game called zombie infection simulator I can't remember if that's the actual title of it it's a free game you can still download it some places um but it doesn't run on linux so there they, I think there's a web based port of it but through all of these things the most effective education that I've gotten in terms of infectious disease uh, epidemics and pandemics the way they spread, the way they have to be countered, and the ways in which they can be fatal to the human species come exclusively from Plague Inc. Because like I said, it's a simulator. The core of the game is actually a very detailed simulator. It simulates air travel, climate, um, the actual population's uh, density and uh, wealth. Um, all of these things factor into what makes a pandemic either a passing fancy like SARS or the uh, H1N1 or um, remember Tamiflu or other stuff. Um, why the fuck are these people messaging me? Whatever. Great. I don't give a fuck. At night. I'm sorry, but I'm recording this podcast. I can't... Hang on. So, 
bottom line is this. Mm. Thank you for putting each line of every subsequent thought that you have on one fucking separate message. That's great. You know, I ban... I Literally, I will fucking block people for less. Uh, do not disturb. There we go. But I don't think that uh, Discord goes to the do not disturb filter. Anyway. The realistic aspects of the game, like where you... The, the goal of the game is simple. You have to kill, you have to engineer a plague. The last plague. The goal is to kill everyone on the face of the planet. Everyone. Every country. Every human being must die. That's the success condition. If you kill everyone. So in its execution of this, it goes from realism to ridiculousness with like some of the, you know, like the vampirism and there's zombie plagues and blah blah blah, but it, it doesn't matter. The the core of the game and the core disease types, the original disease types they have are realistically modeled. So viruses spon- rely on spontaneous mutations. Bacteria, bacteriological infections rely on your specific intervention, you can have a lot of control. Because for each country, for every person that gets infected, you get a fraction of a DNA point. And you can watch this in real time. I only, I used to be able to speed run the game. I, My Steam stats do not reflect my overall experience with Plague Inc. Evolved because most of it happened on the iPad. Where I got so good at the game that on Brutal, now they have Mega Brutal, on the PC, if you buy the if you buy the Steam version of the game, you get all of the DLCs and expansion packs and blah. And Mega Brutal, which I've not played yet, but I did beat uh, the game uh, this week on Brutal, and that'll be we'll have a in our video of the week that'll be um, the highlight uh, in the show blurb for this week. The point is that it goes from realism to ridic- ridiculousness, but the goal is always the same: annihilate all human life on Earth. And to do this, now you're going to think I'm, this is a minor spoiler, but I'm going to tell you how to beat the game using any of the viruses, any of the infection types, any of the, um, yeah, infection types. Any of them, all the way up to nanovirus, you know, blah. But all of them do require a different approach based off of this simple premise. It's in three phases. All of them basically challenge you to thread the needle between humans being alerted to the fact that they are infected which comes in the form of your virus or your infection, whatever, being scary. Scary means that it has high level of infectivity, high level of lethality, and high level of survivability in the wild. Um, so you want to keep though you want to keep the well here. So you want to you want to thread the needle by spreading as far and fast as possible with limited physical symptoms, absolutely bare minimum lethality. 
So, you know, you only want to look like the common cold. You want to look like a backache. You want to look like a headache. You want to look like a cough. You want to look like a, um, you want to look like sweating. Sweating is great. Water droplets, they transfer onto surfaces. They stay there. That's one of the ways the, one of the ways coronavirus is spreading so quickly. And I mention all of this shit because this game actually does have an educational value to it. I mean, a highly educational value to it because once you get obsessed with it, I used to be able to beat the game on brutal with any of the disease types in under 13 minutes. So I could end humanity depending on the breaks, depending on the infection type, depending on, you know, if I'm using a virus or a bacteria or a prion or a nanovirus or, you know, blah, I could end the world. I could kill everyone on the planet in just over one year on super fast speedrun mode. The game starts on the day that you start the game and you get to name your virus. Lately, I've been playing with Corona Farnum. Well, you get to name your infection. I, lately, I've been playing as a virus, Corona Farnum, on Brutal, and I have yet to beat it, but I came really close. So anyway, that's phase one. You want to spread as far as possible, far and as fast as possible, with limited physical symptoms. You want to look unsevere. You want to look innocuous. You want to look like nothing. You want to be as dormant as possible, but you need transmission vectors. So these are, you know, blood, air, water, um, livestock, animals, avian, birds, uh, and uh, insects, uh, flies and stuff. And all of these combined get you closer and closer to cracking the harder and harder targets on the face of the planet. Because when you, well, we won't get ahead of ourselves. So you want to avoid the severity and absolutely minimize lethality as much as possible while maximizing infectiousness so that by the time that you've infected everyone, basically no one has even developed a test to find out if anyone's infected. And everyone is infected. And that's when the common cold goes into phase two. Something that looks like common cold. You have coughing, sneezing, sweating, you know, blah. Phase two is to evolve transmission methods, you know, that'd be blood, like I just mentioned, blood, uh, air, water. Um, Air helps you uh, survive through uh, airplane filtration methods. Water makes you more deadly um, coastal cities, etc., uh, also uh, allows you greater ability to once you get both air and water maximized you get you unlock a special ability for most um, infection, infection types where you are able to pass through all water fi- filtration systems which makes you particularly deadly uh, in ship born if you have to go through the shipping lanes and also particularly deadly against first world countries, urban first world environments. So you evolve transmission methods and climate resistances which are really important because most infection pathology infectious pathologies or pathogens, sorry uh, are vulnerable in one form or another to one form or another of climate. The common flu tends to die out um, every year, the 
common flu strain tends to die mostly out and then mutate for next year once spring arrives. So if you if if your if your infection you know mutates sudden resistance to warm weather, then when spring arrives, it's not going to do anything, and that can happen silently. Talk about a silent spring. Um. So. Phase two is evolve transmission methods and climate resistances along with symptoms that are specifically targeting the following countries. Madagascar, New Zealand, Iceland, Greenland, the Philippines, El Caribe, the Caribbean, the Spanish Main, um, and a couple of others. But those are the really big ones. Madagascar, New Zealand, Iceland, Greenland, Philippines, and the Caribbean. Um, Before 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 this before the country of origin you get to pick where your patient zero is before that country or the world health organization starts to shut down sea lanes and the great thing about the world health organization is that it's a democratic organization of health professionals but the bad thing about it is it doesn't have the political capital um or strength or influence to shut down unilaterally any individual country those decisions are made by the countries themselves so once a country realizes and I talked about this about three weeks ago once a country realizes that they have significant amounts of infection and that their neighbors have significant amount of amounts of infection is really when they realize is really when this happens they will start shutting down air travel and ports and those are essential because no matter which continent you're on you need people to travel so the goal is to fly underneath the radar and get to the hardest places are Madagascar, New, it, not in order. In order, it's Greenland, Iceland, uh, New Zealand, the Philippines, Madagascar, and the Caribbean. Because generally, due, just due to proximity to other bigger uh, population centers, the Caribbean generally takes care of itself. Madagascar generally takes care of itself. Um... But Iceland, Greenland, New Zealand, and the Philippines are motherfuckers. They're island nations. They have low population, so there's lower lower opportunity for communicability. But anyway, you get all you need is one person in all of those countries, every country across the planet, before the sea lines, sea lanes, and air routes are shut down, and just one in each. And everywhere else, one in every country, one infected person in every country, ideally, you know, you're so infectious by phase two that just having one means that you have five, and having five means you have 25, and then 25 means you have a thousand, and this is like within, you know, the span of under a month. Um, on If you're speedrunning the game, it takes about 13 minutes to discover whether or not you have... Well, it takes 13 minutes. The best I've ever done is about 13 minutes to end the world, to win, completely win the game. But there there have been some to speedrun it and end the world. But there, there are some on Mega Brutal, like viruses on Mega Brutal are an entirely different beast than on any other difficulty level with any other type of pathogen. And those can turn into prolonged fucking death fights. But anyway, that's you know, so there are nuances to all of this and what you decide to evolve and when you decide to evolve it is absolutely crucial 
even when you really know the game, um, there's always surprises because there are exigencies, literally exigencies, exigent circumstances change. Sometimes there will be um, an Oli- it'll be an Olympic year, and you'll want to get into that country before the Olympics, but not make them cancel the Olympics. If you can do, if you can pull that off, which you can do with a little bit of strategizing. And we're talking about me. I hate strategy games. There's a lot of strategy in this game, but it's of a level that is simple and repeatable enough so as to allow you to be able to overcome exigent circumstances, you know, friction, what Clausewitzian fiction, uh, friction. You know, the idea that every war starts with a plan, but that every in the execution of every plan, it requires human beings, timing, and resources, and location... And the difference between the plan and the reality of its execution is called Clausewitzian friction, meaning that your plan, when enacted, is only as good as its ability to withstand that friction. You do all this shit in real time, and you can pause it if you want. I pause it a lot. You pop DNA bubbles. You get uh, bonus DNA points for each new uh, country that you infect. Um and for, you know, total population of the world that gets infected, and then you get bonus DNA uh, that appears randomly, you have to, it's a touch-based game, but it works great with the mouse, you pop those bubbles, you get extra DNA, DNA is used to evolve different transmission methods, different symptoms, and different abilities for your pathogen, and abilities range far and wide, um, bacteria are great because they can evolve very cheaply at their beginning um, a uh, more difficult climat- climatological resistant shell that ultimately when taken to the furthest level very cheaply allows you to thrive in basically all climes but anyway so you get one person infected in every region every country of the world and that is when you hit phase three. And phase three is that at that point, humans have already begun to work on a cure. Somewhere in phase two, humans start to try to cure your pathogen, try to come up with an inoculation, a vaccine, um, etc. Something that treats the cause and not the symptom. And so they're working on the cure. That's when I like to pull, and over 90% of the world is infected, and the next 10% over the next two months at the very longest should be infected. You have, If you have one in every country, then it's going to ex- explode geometrically. You just have to develop the last final transmission method specifically tailored for those countries, like uh, Greenland really hates it when you have uh, animal transfer, because it's mainly just fucking arctic ice place um and then all cold resistant stuff like pneumonia etc you can develop those symptoms that make it spread like wildfire and that's what you have to do and the timing of this is very important because so as humans work on the cure with over 90% infected and the rest the last 10% very soon to follow then you unleash the full panoply of the real lethal mutations in terms of your symptoms. We're talking about dysentery, total organ failure. Uh, if you're working to combat the cure, you know what really sucks? What, what scientists have a real hard time with is hundreds of thousands of dead people. That, and also all of a sudden maybe you, maybe you decide to mutate um, 
insomnia, paranoia, and full-blown insanity along with seizures. These people, these little virtual people out of the 7.13 billion people on the face of the planet, you know, less than 1% of them are scientists, but those are the people that can cure you. And so once everyone in the world is focused on a cure, it's hopefully already too late. Um, Because generally a cure is always 18 months away. As the cure becomes closer, like let's say it's 155 days away. Let's say it's a month and a half away. Let's say it's 90 days away. Okay? Three months away. When you hit them with insanity, insomnia, paranoia, and seizures, that 1% that is working in-depth with the virus, and all the air travel routes are locked down, that also helps to combat the cure, but bam, that will knock the cure back by five months. And then if everyone is dying so fast that they can't keep up with the corpse controls, and you see this spread across the, across the world, across the Mercator projection map of the world, um, you see it spread. First it's like the one little red dot is patient zero. And then 13 minutes later, you can be looking at the end of the world. So, that'll knock back the cure you know, nine months, three months, three three extra months. So it'll go from 90 days to, you know, 180 days. Then in another two weeks, after you unload the full lethality of your symptoms, and planning to have those DNA points is absolutely essential to, you know, transform into the most ungodly nightmare ever unleashed on humanity ever, ever. The big one take some planning and forethought and some skills, some practice, some repetition and etc. But you get better and better with each run and each run is always a little different and each pathogen is very different from the others. So they all require fairly different strategies. So there's a lot of fucking gameplay in this game. Um, That's when, you know, you, you go to total organ failure, hemorrhagic fever, you know, you name it you deploy it as fast as possible because everyone's infected now there will come a point where we'll say there there are major milestones that it'll let you know about uh, if you don't turn off the uh, interior help messages, the interior interior normal scale because like once you get good at the game, you'll just be speedrunning it constantly um for instance more infectious, you, your pathogen has become more infectious than tuberculosis. Your pathogen has become more infectious than the common cold, more infectious than AIDS, is more deadly than the Black Plague, is becoming scary, is actually a term. If you're killing too quickly with, before you've infected everybody, you have a double-edged problem. You're scaring humanity into becoming aware of your existence, which forces them to more focus uh, across the board and in a um, what do you call it, in a uh, unified way, country to country, doesn't matter we're all gonna die if you make people panic they will focus on the cure, if you don't if you don't make people panic and you just spread everywhere by the time they try to focus on a cure once your symptoms manifest in ways that become increasingly unpleasant, severe, and lethal, 
and there are giant graphs and all this stuff that you can look at. All these inform a game gives you a tremendous wealth of informatics that you can look at and that you can introspect and study. You know, you can pause everything and then figure out where it is that you need to go next and what it is you need to do next at your own leisure without the the time without the clock still running. Um, but then all of a sudden, the cold, the common cold that everyone thought was the flu with an upper respiratory infection aspect of it with high, high, high transmissibility in under one month, let's say you go to, or in under one week, let's say you go to 27 countries in one week 27 countries, all with different climactic profiles 27 countries with like almost very minimal lethality like you've killed very few people I've infected half of the world's fucking population almost before I've gotten to my first lethal victim before I've killed anybody if you can do that by the way the coronavirus did that last week went to 27 countries that is a full-blown pandemic. That is a virus with high survivability flying under the radar. And the coronavirus is a virus. Viruses mutate spontaneously and continuously. It's what makes a virus a virus. Makes it also very hard to cure because the genomic sequence you have for one strain of the virus might not be the same for the others means you have to cure it based off of its symptoms and if you're like us right now in America and across the world and you don't I'm not trying to panic anybody I'm just telling you the facts seriously do not freak out however if you don't I'm not stockpiling food I'm you know blah but this moment this window is the window in which Generally, right now, there's 83,000 people with coronavirus that have been diagnosed in every country of the world. We don't know exactly how it spreads. We know that we have no test for it that is accurate, at least in the United States, which I think by extrapolation means that all other tests for it across the, the world are probably not that great either. We've exposed frontline medical personnel in the United States through maladministration. I'm not reading this. I'm just telling you what I know. Through maladministration, literally through bad failure to believe in science, failure to believe in science and reason and expertise in those areas, we have exposed hundreds of frontline medical personnel to the virus who have now resulted in the last three days in, I think, 10. There were four in California, four in Washington, uh, and two others who appear to be spontaneous infections and one death in in Washington. Uh, What do I mean by that? I mean that these infections, none of these people who have been infected, none of these newly reported infections, all of which are unreliable, 
in that, you know, there have been reports out of um, China that people who have recovered from the virus are still shedding the virus. Which means the virus is still essentially dormant. It goes back to, it can go back to dormancy. Until we have a test for this fucking thing, we are in trouble. Because we are, like, I mean, seriously, everyone is in trouble. Like, we don't know who has it, who doesn't, how it spreads, and there is no quick way to evaluate if a patient actually has it, an upper respiratory infection, the flu, the common cold, mesothelioma, etc. Now, for the final thing, the one... And all of these things, if you have played Plague, Inc., each step throughout the last 10 days of this coronavirus has rung alarm bells for you and it's, the alarm bells are ringing off the hook now because we fucking sent medical professionals, we brought back infected people with non-infected people and then discharged them all and now we are seeing community spreading community spreading, community infection people who have no direct uh, connection to the index you know, pa- a patient zero or uh, a group zero or a country zero now that's spreading within our borders and trust me, every one of those right now the coronavirus is n- on the um, rate of infection scale it's only like 3 to 1 like so like every one person who's infected will infect three other people in the wild right now. That's dangerous. Because at any point, this thing could mutate. It could mutate. And so whatever vaccine we're working on, whatever cure we are hypothetically going to have in 18 months, that that might become entirely moot and we have to start over again. Normally, I can end the world. In fact, I can almost always end the world in under two years in Plague, Inc. And it's a game, but it's something that I think that everyone should play and really get good at so they understand the ways in which... And, and it, it's, it's true for bacteria, it's true for... But viruses are especially dangerous because viruses are like from another fucking world I mean that's not true, I mean viruses are from here but viruses are fucking weird read up on viruses they're bizarre they are like they're almost like robots they're, they're very very strange mm. and incredibly prone to mutation so if you're I don't want anyone to panic and you shouldn't panic and you shouldn't start stockpiling food or anything like that you should have enough food though in your house to you know get everyone if everyone there is sick it'd be great if you had enough food in that house we're talking like pasta you know your water will still run your power theoretically will still work we're nowhere near a panic tipping point but we are approaching and I say this I'm not trying to be political here I'm just saying this is a fact the GOP and Trump and this administration do not believe in science and they have done a terrible job of handling this so far they've gotten frontline do you know what happens if your doctor 
is infected and you don't know that the doctor is infected everyone he sees now basically gets the virus that's what we have seen happening the last three days spontaneous communicable communal uh, community based uh, infections these are terrifying and I don't recall um, this ever happening before with any other pathogen in my lifetime more deadly no I'm just going to spend one, one more second so here's what I, I would I hope I hope that everyone does this if you like me live in a first world country one thing that you have to be that you should be very concerned about right now and that you should do right now the active ingredients in pharmaceuticals are mainly manufactured in China I'm talking about aspirin I'm talking about cold and flu medicine I'm talking about vitamins vitamins aren't actually pharmaceuticals though they're just vitamins these are things that if if there is explosive growth over the next two weeks there will be runs on these things as the market as the 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 um embar- not embargoes but as the borders close down between the rest of the world and China the availability of the essential active ingredients in these drugs these pharmaceutical products like aspirin etc will become increasingly scarce we do not have in in America at least we don't have the manufacturing capabilities to make up for that shortfall if it lasts longer than a few months that combined with panic buying will result in shortages I believe of those types of things, we're talking about pharmaceuticals we're talking about like your medication if you have any sort of underlying condition that requires a prescription see if you can get extra of those, personally for me I'm not saying to panic, I'm just saying because you, you will probably still have power, running water, refrigeration etc if, if you're in America and this gets out of control, it's already out of control though it's already up and down the west coast and I live in Nevada so like I'm we're likely and you know I live in Las Vegas we're a tourist destination so it's likely to already be here I would imagine at this point even just within the last three or four days so do yourself a favor and do what your old friend Scoogy Sprite did play some Plague Inc and by the way, China banned this game for a reason. Not just in terms of like uh, trying to tamp down panic, but trying to stop people from seeing how pandemics spread. And the Trump administration is not doing much of a better job. I saw today the president and Mike Pence talked at such length and with so little fucking valuable information. Meanwhile, yesterday Mike Pence went to CPAC with, you know, a million people in the audience 
and countless million, you know, like uh, you know, fifty thousand people in the audience, and countless millions watching on live streams, and you know, blah blah blah, and said so that the whole thing was a hoax cooked up by Democrats. That is very fucking dangerous. He better hope that he's right, and we all had better hope. I mean, he's not right. Democrats didn't make fucking coronavirus, you idiots. You want to politicize this? People will die. And that is the level of responsibility that America, the current administration in America, the country that generally has led the fight and, you know, sounded the alarm and then backed up the resistance to these sorts of things happening, we are, we are not there. We are not there. In fact, we're behaving more like Iran. Iran two days ago reported they had 51 casualties, 51 deaths to the coronavirus. Yesterday, they they admitted that it was more like 200 plus. Today, it is 560 plus. And we sent health professionals who are untrained to greet and handle untrained and ill-equipped ill-equipped being more important, but untrained in terms of pandemic disease response to handle the um, Japanese cruise ship, the Americans coming off the Japanese cruise ship. And so we basically infected everybody with that, and all of those doctors and everyone, blah, 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 and now we have spontaneous occurrences, quote-unquote spontaneous occurrences, meaning that someone who has no connection to someone who was involved directly linked to meeting with or handling um, one of the uh, persons known to be infected, they were so poorly equipped and so poorly trained that they touched something, they touched a surface or something, and then that got onto someone else's hands, that got into their respiratory system, that got into their system, and they've been shedding diseases. This, disease, this coronavirus has the ideal time frame of the diseases that I like to end the world in Plague Inc. Takes somewhere between two days and two weeks before anyone manifests symptoms. And the healthier you are, the more resistant to actually, like, you know, pulmonary failure, you know, lung failure, respiratory, you know, d- d- sudden cases of pneumonia, etc, etc because that's what's killing people, we have no treatment for this disease, we have treatments only for the symptoms, and we have limited hospital beds so mitigating the spread of this disease is what's important now and it is what what America is uniquely failing at handling adequately now I'm not trying to recriminate Trump, I hate Trump Trump is an idiot don't get me wrong, and I can argue with you about that, you will lose that argument. Trump is an idiot who is only concerned with his own electability because he's a criminal. But that's a different story. The important thing is these people do not, he's put people in power who do not believe in science. Over the last three years, he has liquidated um, governmental departments that are in charge of spotting these sorts of outbreaks before they happen and then mitigating them in the country of origin so that they don't come here. 
These people do not believe in science. They believe in political expediency, and they do not care if you die. So play Plague, Inc. I'm gonna... This is the only spoiler alert I have for Plague, Inc. Although I've given you the basic strategy that does in no way prevent you at all or ruin the game from what you have to go through to like figure out how to execute that strategy. That's like kind of the boilerplate strategy of the game. But with if America is behaving like a third world country in terms of the way we are handling this disease, which is exactly how we're handling this disease. You really need to rethink your whole fucking... You can believe whatever the fuck you want to believe. That's the great thing about science. Science doesn't give a fuck if you believe in it. Trust me. Trust me. (laughs) It does not give a fuck. Does not change the reality. And so after three years of an administration that's been focused on dismantling quote-unquote the administrative state and disengaging from the entire world into which we are inextricably linked at this point through technology and supply chains economically and also biologically that means pathogen wise there are no more limits to geography geography is no longer a safe space you want to create Fortress America while you deny global warming and say that tobacco it doesn't cure cancer? That's the, that's Mike Pence's own words from uh, uh, 2001. He did a whole essay on this because these people are fucking shills for tobacco, for big oil. They, they hate science. Literally, read the book The War on Science. It's a great book. Everyone should read it and everyone should play Plague, Inc. It's time to be concerned. If you're in America, I would definitely buy two bottles of aspirin. I'd buy a bottle of aspirin for every person who lives in your house. I bought two for me because I have friends and stuff who are close to me and if they get sick, then I don't care if I get sick, I will go to them and I figured out how you know but it's not time to panic though but it is time for science to literally rule the day because we sent these fucking idiots out there without any sort of training for pandemic control and now we have spontaneous communal transmission of the coronavirus and as of today we experienced our first death and this administration is not, me- not only are they not messaging appropriately, they are not legislating appropriately, appropriately and by virtue of three years of 16,000 lies plus coming from this president, we do not have leadership that we can trust. I can't trust anything these fuckers say. I can only trust the science. As reported by the scientists. And this is a bad way to hit 2020 and November when it's election time. All of this plays right into Putin's hands. But literally, you need to really think about and critically use your fucking brain. Critically evaluate the information that you're getting. And just because you don't like something 
doesn't mean that it's not fucking true. And you disbelieving in it doesn't mean that you'll be safe. That concludes this broadcast, the emergency broadcasting system. That brings us to the end of this week's show. I think I did a pretty damn good job of making the case. You should go buy Plague Inc., which is $14.99. Evolved has all of the pathogens, including the ridiculous ones and the funny ones, and the blood also has the fake news update. Um, Check it out. After you run it a couple times, I mean, it is a scary game. It's also a funny game. Uh, and it's a challenging game and it's a great game, it's an educational game so there we go, hopefully I'll be back with you next week, till then keep watching the medicine cabinets and don't panic but don't not take sensible precautions and evaluate what you hear later days a good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry. Four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.